Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Critics on the Bus. How are you doing, Paul? You know, I was doing wonderfully until <laughs> I watched the film that we uh, reviewed today, and, and now I just don't know how I'm doing. But what about you? I'm doing, I'm doing good. You know, and I thought. I thought Parasite would be the most disturbing film I saw all year. How wrong you were. And then you made me watch um, the film we're reviewing today, which is The Lighthouse. And I was I was wrong. I, I can be more disturbed than Parasite. <laughs> Indeed you can. Indeed we all can. So, <laughs> The Lighthouse, for those who haven't heard of this film, because many may have not, is a film directed by Robert Edges, or Eggers, I don't know, he's got a double G, probably Eggers. He, the only other thing that you might have heard that he's done is a film called The Witch, from 2015, which I hear is also a very disturbing film. Other than that, he's kind of new, new to the filmmaking scene he's made a few shorts and whatnot uh but this film stars two big you know hollywood actors and that Mm. is that those are willem dafoe and robert pattinson and they play some lighthouse keepers at the end of the 19th century who do some work on this remote sort of little island or islet i guess it's a tiny little place And the film basically follows them as they lose sense of reality, lose sense of time, and as the effect of being with only one other person in such an enclosed space for such a, well, potentially long time, takes its toll on them. Uh, yeah, let's start with some spoil. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I can really divulge. And to be honest, that's as fluid as the film is. It's 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 quite it's it's quite something. Let's start with some some spoiler free mm-hmm. discussion here. So tell me, Cameron, what you liked about this film? <laughs> oh, you're asking the tough questions now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't quite know. Because the film does what it's meant to do. I think I like that the film was true to its wacky self. In that it's meant to disturb you. It's meant to disturb disturb you. you. (laughs) It does disturb you. Okay. It does leave you thinking, what am I watching? It's a surrealist psychological thriller. So it's meant to be it's meant to be weird. And I like that it does its genre well. Mm hmm. In that it is exactly what it says on 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 the tin, and you know they tried them different. They they had a very different aspect ratio in the film, all black and white, and the film is oddly compelling. Mm. You, know, you have to just watch it. You have to just sit there in like angst and awe, and just you know wonder how they filmed it without <laughs> gagging or just thinking, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Like, how they kept a straight face was impressive. Yeah, who knows how many takes. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What did you like? You know, I, I struggle with that question, just as you do. <laughs> but I think that 
I, I, it's less what I liked about the film, and it's more what I admired about the film. And I admired the bravery in the performances of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Like you say, they were required to do some very interesting things throughout the course of this film. And they pull them off well. And they work well together on the screen, I feel. They interact well. At times, it almost felt like a stage play in terms of the way that they were delivering their lines. And it was actually quite impressive how how they delivered them. Yeah. And not only lines, but there was there's an, an intense physical performance required from both of them. And I admire their commitment to their craft as actors. Um, I also felt like the film created like you say it created the atmosphere I, I i think at least it created the atmosphere that the director wanted it to create in that um it felt very claustrophobic particularly with the aspect like with the ratio yeah um it was basically a square i, I believe it's 1.19 to one this film so basically a square and the black and white the the cinematography uh, the music, the haunting mm, music, music was very good. and the use of the, the foghorn consistently throughout. I think all of that generated an atmosphere that was really quite unique and consistent throughout. Mm. And even as it started to kind of devolve into more surrealist, more dreamlike styles, it still kept that that claustrophobic feel and that gloomy but also suspenseful atmosphere. So I, I, I think that that's to be admired. I don't know if I liked it in that, I don't know if I sat there thinking, oh, this is something that I enjoy or like, but I admire the, the craft of it almost, I guess you could say. I think, I think admiration is a, an excellent word for this film. Mm. But of course, uh, not all films are perfect and it sounds like, this one in both of our opinions maybe is far from that or maybe not but i'm curious what you did not like about this film kind of the same things as i liked i didn't like how i felt after it Mm. it creates such a disturbing sort of aftertaste Mm. that you kind of almost sit there with your like your head in your hands just kind of going what on earth was that the ending just didn't quite sit right with me Mm. Um, it just felt very, just very odd, and left me some with some questions. And yeah, are you okay? Do you, I'm do okay. You... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're actually... I'm fine. Yeah, that, it was just uh, I like I disliked what I liked about it and the fact that the atmosphere was just disturbing. I think mm. it's 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 quite a film to get over. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar boat uh, to you on that one. I personally, like you say, it it just it made me feel uncomfortable, the film. And I understand that that is probably what it was trying to do. And maybe that's um, meant to be some maybe that's the brilliance of the film in that it makes you feel like these two men who were forced into this. I'm going to keep using this word because I feel like claustrophobic is the only way I can describe it. This this tight kind of circumstance where they were so alone together and so uh, stranded and how that was conducive to 
going insane. And I feel like I felt uncomfortable uh, throughout most of the film. And mm. that's perhaps intentional, like I say. Maybe that's what it was trying to do. But if so, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and I also definitely feel like the film, at least for me, went way too abstract and way too um open to interpretation i think that it's important that uh, it's possible to interpret films in in different ways or at least some films and i'm not against artsy films i'm not against you know some layer of ambiguity to films not not in the slightest but i feel like this film took that at least for me a little bit too far to the point that people could have very different interpretations of it and yes maybe they're all right um some whatever in some personal way mm. but i felt like it was just a bit too open in that sense and that left me unsatisfied by the <laughs> end of it. so a very intriguing question here uh would you recommend this film <laughs> Only if you've had an experience with a surrealist film before. Right. Like, if you liked Blue Velvet, you'll like this film. If you didn't like Blue Velvet, or if you've never heard of it, don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, I guess to the, to the average, average viewer, no. Mm -hmm. If I'm being completely honest, to the average person, to the, like, the cinematic fanatic, yes. To the average viewer, no, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, no, I think I, I, yeah, I'm on the exact same wavelength. I, if you're just a normal listener, if you're just someone who, you know, casually enjoys films or even enjoys films to a, to a deeper extent or a quite kind of geeky or whatnot, I, I still, I would be cautious with this film in, in recommending it. I feel like, I would have to have a deep conversation with someone about the type of cinema that they like before recommending this, even though I don't know if I'd even like recommend it and say, uh, I found this really enjoyable or profound or deep or whatever, or, uh, and you should watch it because of that. It would be more, I would be interested. I would say to someone, I'd be interested to know what you make of this yeah. or, you know, I, yeah. if you're looking for a disturbing Friday evening, then pop this on. Um, <laughs> Um, but other than that, I, I, I wouldn't really recommend it, to be honest. I Yeah. All right. There you have it. There is your spoiler for you of you. Um, now let's let's dive deeper into the madness of the lighthouse. Um, with that, Paul, do you want to give us a much grander plot review of yes. what actually happens in this bonkers film? <laughs> Yes, bonkers is the word. I will potentially miss some stuff out from this plot summary, but I think the only way to discuss this film is to go into depth about the plot, because the plot is simultaneously simple and complicated. <laughs> and and uh, I hopefully you'll understand what that means if you've watched it. So, like I said before, you have... Thomas, uh, so you have Thomas, that's all we know in terms of his name, which who is played by Willem Dafoe. And then you have either Thomas or Ephraim Winslow, um, played by Robert Patterson. We'll call him Ephraim for now, just for so we can distinguish between the two of them. 
and it begins with them going on to this little island with this lighthouse and replacing the previous lighthouse keepers. Now, it seems like from the outset that Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas, is a veteran, and it's also clear that he has had experience on the seas. Whereas Robert Pattinson's character is shyer, quieter, and this clearly is a new experience for him. And uh, uh, also just side note, it's set in the 1890s. Uh, And so this idea of being stuck in this confined space for four weeks, that's how long they're meant to be working, that's how long the shift is, is something that seems at least quite daunting for Ephraim. And immediately it becomes clear that certain things that Thomas does and uh, the way in which he treats him, which is in a very condescending uh, manner, uh, annoy him. And slowly we we see that that kind of resentment within him build up. So certain habits, uh, the drinking, um, so Ephraim refuses to drink and so forth, uh, build up this resentment uh, within him. Now, the turning point of the film which comes probably a little bit before halfway is when Robert Pattinson's character Ephraim takes a seagull which he's been getting annoyed at uh, and and he kills it brutally even though he had been warned previously by Thomas that killing a seagull can bring bad luck mm-hmm. and this is on the night before they are meant to be done with their four week shift Now, uh, that night also, something else happens, which is Robert Pattinson's character. I keep saying Robert Pattinson's character because that's I I think in my mind of that face. And I just think Robert Pattinson. But anyway, Ephraim uh, drinks for the first time as well that evening. And with the seagull being killed and the drinking, the winds change and the storm comes and the next day they find that the people who are meant to come and take them from the island because their shift was done was done don't come now what this then leads to is them effectively being stranded on this island they run out of food they turn to alcohol they run out of alcohol and they start drinking like some fuel of some sort that they make mix with moon- honey make moonshine yeah, basically, they make they make moonshine, they make their own alcohol. And uh, it leads to their insanity. And that's depicted in a number of ways that we can discuss. But culminates in loss of identity and multiple violent encounters, as well as uh, almost romantic encounters between them and... Uh, it results in Robert Pattinson's character uh, eventually taking an axe to Thomas's face and going up to see what ultimately is the central kind of part of this whole film, which is the lighthouse itself, which holds this kind of like mystical um, sort of temptation throughout the whole film to Robert to Ephraim, and eventually Ephraim sees the light of the lighthouse lighthouse itself falls down some stairs 
uh, and eventually somehow ends up some, on some rocks with his body being picked apart and eaten by seagulls. Now, obviously, I've missed out a lot there. There's symbolism, there's mermaids, there's, um, you know, all sorts going on there. There's disgusting food. Uh, there's all sorts of conversations, but that's the the basic plot. Um, and it is mental. <laughs> it, it is genuinely this film. I, I feel like I, never before have I experienced a film where I... I understand. I feel like I understand so little of what's going on, but feels so distinctly disturbed by it. It's like I don't know. I, throughout a lot of the time, I was like, I don't know exactly what the message is 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 meant to be here. All I know is that I feel incredibly uneasy, and and yeah. <laughs> so. It, yeah. it, it is it is mental i think we gotta start by talking about um thomas and ephraim william and robert and their uh, incredible dedication to such a horrible performance almost um william defoe looks absolutely demented in his long shaggy beard and unmatted hair and speaking in this like odd sea captain dialect and he just has he manages and he's always had the ability to just have this crazed look in his eye mm. like he just looks like <laughs> insane doesn't he that green goblin look <laughs> yeah and like the 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 lighting in the black and white image always kind of underlights him he's always looking a bit menacing and, and you know to, to play a character that's basically sexually attracted to a lighthouse yeah you know, he is sometimes shown just naked in front of that light for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and, you know, and he's derogatory and, he's, you know, borderline torturing um, mm. Ephraim. And Ephraim's like, you do all all you do is just clean my poop and the house and I will just sit up there in the lighthouse and then call you names. <laughs> And if I told you to pull apart this entire building and the lighthouse and lick all the nails till they were rust free and then put the whole place back together again, you'll do it. That's one of the uh, speeches that he gives. Yeah. <laughs> At one point. And, you know, I mean, and they, they're they very distinct characters and like they 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 obviously understand their characters very well. I think, you know, Robert's very quiet and very submissive and you can see he's holding in that sort of anger that we all experience. And, you know, just doing those just nasty jobs. But very, very quickly, we see him going insane, you know, see, finding a mermaid um, hmm. with that banshee-like scream that made me jump. Um, yeah. I, you know, and, oh, I just... <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just... It's an incredible dedication to performance because that... You've got to have... A, not anyone can do performances like that. Mm. It's because it it must require so much energy. Yeah. To act in either such a restrained or such a loud way in such an odd context, knowing obviously the script and what's happening 
and it feels so it's so raw and tangible almost it, it it feels like they've just sort of left on the island for a few months and just filmed what happened <laughs> yeah you know it felt Social experiment. Very, it felt very real in in mm. a way um yeah i don't know what you think about their performances yeah, I mean, we've already just touched on this, but certainly there was a lot of commitment. Um, they had very particular accents, which they must have worked on. They, you know, had certain lines to learn, certain kind of one-shot things that they had to do. Uh, it looked like they were wet a lot of the time. Uh, they had to also engage in in fighting, in curling up their bodies under tables and in walking across rugged landscapes um in having dirt shoveled over them or you Mm. know all these different things that like you say it looks exhausting (laughs) yeah it truly looked like an exhausting thing to to do and so you know and like you say not any old actor just does that and does that well and there was that feeling of authenticity to it uh, or at least to their performances, but but as I thought multiple times throughout this film, there there comes a point where you think, why? <laughs> and you know what I mean in terms of like like are we just looking for the most extreme things? Because you know I can I can admire people who run marathons and that in a in a way, but also there comes a point where you think to yourself, why? And I, I don't quite know whether with this on the performances, I don't know whether I've crossed over into the just why or whether I'm still in the admiration phase. It's kind of like so there's this guy, his name's Ross Edgley. He's a he's a uh, madman, basically. He 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 does all sorts of physical challenges and he swam around the entire Isle of Great Britain mm. uh, doing six hours on and six hours off for 157 days straight and his tongue started to disintegrate because of the the salt water and his legs started to get like gangrene and like mold and you know there's something admirable about his persistence but also you can't help but think why would you subject yourself to that and I, I, I started to kind of cross that cross that line when watching this film thinking i mean i wouldn't do that and it shows incredible dedication that you're doing that but why (laughs) so yeah there was a bit of that there was a bit of that for me but uh yeah i do think though that almost that this film was put they put them through unnecessary angst it's like i mean the film wasn't long but it was almost too long oh it was definitely one of those wondering when it was going to end uh, there was a lot of a lot of just like random shots of robert with a wheelbarrow just walking yeah. around and quiet moments and it it does create an atmosphere but you could have cut a lot out and still got the same atmosphere and i just feel like they've subjected so much for so little um because this film is not being talked about in any i mean it came out in america last year to hit award season it only came out in England on the 31st of January. Mm. Um, and we just haven't been able to get to it because other big films have been coming out. But, like, it's not... I mean, it's not, I know awards isn't everything, but I feel like this was trying to be that sort of artsy award mm. dark horse, and I don't think it, it just didn't, ma- didn't make it. Um, 
-hmm. because it's so just out there and it's so abstract that I think it just sort of it's not broad enough you know I mean I I mean I was surprised at how many people I saw with me in the cinema watching this film you know yeah double digits in the in the cinema Mm. but I just don't know don't know i don't know i'm a bit lost for words (laughs) well let's talk a little bit about something that we both agree that the film does do well and that's uh generating an atmosphere both through visuals and through music we both agreed that we were pretty disturbed by this film we're still undecided at least i'm undecided whether or not that's a good thing um but it definitely seemed like the film achieved what it was trying to achieve in Mm. terms of atmosphere uh And do you want to talk a little bit about why you feel like it did achieve that? I mean, straight off the bat, the the music is very um, Hitchcockian. Mm, definitely. Um, the the blaring foghorn mm. and just like constant barrage of noise and the the loud booming and it's 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 clearly Hitchcockian inspired, like horror esque inspired. And straight from the beginning, as like the the ship appears from the fog and the the noise, and every time there's like a new external shot, there's like a, you know, there's a there's that big noise is meant to to awake your senses and alert you to you you're seeing something new and poignant and obvious and be aware. And they keep that up through the entire film. That sort of just eerie horror esque sort of underlay is lying there the whole time it's always keeping you on edge because it always builds up builds up nothing builds up builds up nothing like and you're always just sort of in a cycle through the music on this kind of like journey of preparing to see something traumatizing and it does its job it does it really does its job it really keeps you on your toes and really keeps you kind of going but it's a very particular genre and area of what it's doing it's very very heavily inspired and very obvious in it's in its uses yeah and even just simple things as well as just always having the sound of the sea in the background and waves um yeah. and those types of things I, they almost kind of it blends in with the soundtrack basically because and, and i assume again that's intentional to kind of create that atmosphere of i felt like after watching it for a certain amount of time i I felt like i was out there with them you know on the island um yeah and also like you say kind of constantly having that sense of of unease but but it's a different unease to kind of classical horror in that well not classical horror but um kind of cookie cutter horror in terms of it wasn't like oh no someone's gonna jump out from the bushes it was more kind of just a an unease a kind of disturbing kind of yeah this disturbing atmosphere that yeah <laughs> just yeah i don't know i feel like a lot uh, of our a lot of our thoughts just translate to yeah <laughs> we need to get lost in the thought of it, it. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so uh, can I just uh, can I can I take a minute just to do a, sh- a short rant about Greek mythology here? Okay. So some people, some critics, some viewers uh, believe that there are some important parallels between this film and 
classical Greek mythology. The parallel being uh, with the story of Prometheus. So Prometheus uh, famously being the one who stole the eternal from the eternal flame and gave that to the humans and who Zeus then punished by having him chained to a rock and having eagle an eagle come down and feed on his body every now and then. Right. Now, as we've already explained from the plot of the film, there are some obvious analogies there in that the lighthouse very much could represent this eternal flame. Um, Robert Paston's character would be like Prometheus, and he, I guess, in a way almost gets punished for going to that flame, uh, sort of taking from it, not really. And his punishment is very similar to that of Prometheus's because he ends up on a rock with not eagles, but seagulls uh, feeding on his body. Mm -hmm. Here's my issue, okay? I am not, obviously, look, I'm not a scholar of classics. I'm not a scholar of of Greek mythology. Uh, Maybe there is much more depth. But from what I have looked at, I feel like that's where the um, comparison ends. And thus, to me, it's kind of a bit of an empty comparison in that if all there is to it is that, um, you know, oh, there's a light like thing and a character goes to it and then he ends up on a rock being eaten. I believe you can go a little bit f- by birds. I believe you can go a little bit further into it and look at the relationship between Prometheus and I can't remember. It's like Proteus or something like that. The other one and this dominating relationship. But but even then. I feel like this comparison with Greek mythology, it seems intentional, but to me, it's like a a false attempt at being clever. I -hmm. feel like, first of all, people who don't aren't familiar with Greek mythology won't care. And even those who do, I just don't know what the analogy is meant to do. So if, for example, something has, say, um, biblical parallels, Normally, there is some further depth to it. So Superman, for example, he is a Christ-like figure in that he's sent from somewhere outside of Earth. He has a a kind of a heavenly father in some sense, sense, and he comes to Earth with powers and abilities that humans don't have. And he has this savior feeling to him. That, to me, seems like a proper analogy. And it's kind of deeply knitted into the fabric of the Superman story. And you can understand how you could dig dig into that and, and see further parallels. But with this, it's just kind of like a, a passing resemblance that I just don't care about. And if someone wants to explain to me why it has much deeper significance comparing to like Prometheus and whatnot, then OK. But I think it's weak. And I think that people who think that this is like on the level of Greek mythology because of those parallels mm-hmm. can get lost, really. They, yeah, <laughs> that's. So there you go. There's my rant. There's my okay. rant. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, uh, <laughs> just just absorbing uh, what you were saying. Basic, but 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 I, th- I think I think this goes this goes this goes beyond as well, and we can start talking about this a little bit. But like, I just I I feel like the film did everything and nothing. I feel like there was stuff in there, like you say, about almost like a sexual relationship with the lighthouse there was stuff in there with about sexual relationships with mermaids there was there was stuff in there about the process of of going insane there was stuff in there about losing your sense of personal identity 
but I felt like it was so scattered. The point was was that they were going insane. I feel yeah. like I got that. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like I got that. But I don't feel like it has the rich levels of potential interpretation that all the critics are claiming that it does have. And maybe I haven't engaged with the critics as much as I should have, but I felt like it was just a bit frustrating in that sense. In that the ba- the only thing for me that it did successfully was create this this chilling atmosphere. But I'm not gonna spend I'm not gonna spend time digging into the deeper meaning of all the different things and Greek mythology and psychology and all of this. It just doesn't spark within me that same desire to dig deeper that other films do. Yeah. I don't know what's your experience with that. You know, I think that the the tough thing about this film is that it does what it's meant to really well. But what it does really well is not right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it does it does all its genres ex- excellently. Surrealist, it's got it down. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's quite a contemporary surrealism, um, but it's got it. It's got those kind of really odd random like single shots that just appear out of nowhere, those kind of jump scares and those things, but it's still following a very linear basic storyline and it's got the psychological issue of, you know, you see them slowly chip away each other's personalities and identities and change identities and um Thomas keeps changing the story of what what, what they're doing on, on the island and trying almost trying to drive Ephraim insane. You know, and Ephraim breaks and tries to leave the island and he's running at him with an axe mm-hmm. and then, you know, and like smash up smashing up the the this this the boat and then they go back in the house and thomas is like why did you smash up the boat even though he's the one who smashed it you yeah know, and, kind and of gaslighting to, him almost yeah and, 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 try, and tries to convince him that they've been stuck on the island for weeks and that he's just been ignoring him and eating all the, the rationed food and drinking all the alcohol and they've got nothing left because he's been eating it all even though they've been there for like a day yeah you know but even then, it does leave open this idea that they could have been there for longer, potentially, even though gen- generally you believe that Willem Dafoe's character is lying. But it, you, it does lose a sense of, of time. Yeah, it and, it, and, it, and it loses a sense of, like, the whole film's losing a sense of identity and what's yeah. real and what's not. And yeah. and that's very psychological. And then at the end, when they snap and they're fighting and chasing each other with axes and beating each other up and treating them like dogs and treating William, like Thomas like a dog and trying to bury him alive. It's very thriller. It's very, um, you know, very, I don't know, The Shining, you know, sort of thing. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And the music is getting louder and, you know, it does what it's meant to do really well. But the, the thing is, you're so disturbed by it all, you don't think it's good. You think this is, this can't be good. Mm. because i'm so disturbed i'm so like you know unnerved <laughs> yeah it's kind of like you want to turn away but you can't yeah and i, I really struggle with it because mm. yeah it does it does the things really good but not good yeah it's unpleasant yeah it's an unpleasant watch no i can't help but agree with you <laughs> so what do the critics think and let's go to paul's critics corner um no so like as with any film that is abstract like this the critics love it so it has an 83 meta score um and it has a 90 percent rotten tomato score for the critics it's less 
for the audience score on both, but not considerably less. It's a 7.7 on IMDb and it's a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. So there is a bit of a gap there, Mm -hmm. but not as big as I thought there would be. Now, here's the thing. With lots of films, when the critics come out and say that they like it, a lot of people then feel an obligation to align themselves with the critics so that they can feel sophisticated. You're one of those I would wa- I am one of those people. I'm guilty guilty as charged <laughs> and I'm working on trying to not be one of those people <laughs> and just go with <laughs> what I actually think about things. Uh and I I don't do that perfectly, but for this film it was too hard not to. Um I I would wager that a lot of people who saw this film secretly thought that it was too too abstract and too um disturbing to warrant such good critic scores but if asked and if you spoke with them they would be like oh yes no it was a fantastic piece of you know uh you know surrealist uh you know un- unnerving uh incredible method acting whatever like you know and, and they would try and kind of like you know pass it off as like they really enjoyed it because cultured people like films like this and they are cultured yeah um and i and i think that that can also become a thing with critics in general there can be these echo chambers in which if a few critics come out and say that they like it a few of the key ones then all the others are like oh i'm a i'm a real critic so i like that too now i could be wrong maybe there are critics who genuinely think that this is brilliant and they and you know uh and and they sincerely you know really believe that it's worth a nine or a ten or a five star or whatever but i'm curious to know whether deep down others don't don't feel that way but no it's performing very well in terms of critics so (sighs) summaries and scores yes so give me a summary. Oh, I this film is disturbing. Straight That's really up, the summary, isn't it? It's <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. It I don't I still I've, I've it's been a few days and I still can't wrap my head around it. Um I didn't something about the fact that he just at the end of the film he gets to the light screams at it mm. and thankfully thankfully they dialed out his screams. Yeah. I was really worried we were just going to be left listening to him screaming, but I'm so glad they muffled it in post. And then falls down the staircase and then somehow ends up by the sea dead with his guts open. I just couldn't, I couldn't marry how he got there. And it annoyed me, but it did it, it did what it's meant to do so well. Like it, it did its genres perfectly. And I'm so confused and conflicted by it. I, I Yeah. <laughs> It's disturbing, and I think it's a film that I was thinking about for ages, and I don't think it's a film for everyone. No. I really, really do think only a particular type of film film goer, film viewer can watch this. Only a particular. I can imagine maybe one of our listeners, if we have, if that, will ever see this film. Yeah. You know, I, I can't see anyone else mainstream that I know who would watch it then maybe i can account on one hand how many people i know would actually watch this film because it's not a film for the masses it's a very particular type of film and it's so disturbing it is 
it just leaves you feeling a bit violated and a bit yes and a bit disturbed and i don't quite get it so in summary for me like you say like we've both said like everyone will tell you this film is disturbing i was immensely uneasy watching it and afterwards i felt violated like you say it was disgusting and it was warped and weird but there is something admirable about the way in which it created a consistent atmosphere and something admirable about the commitment to the performances from Willem Dafoe and from Robert Pattinson. Uh, on the whole, though, I I definitely would not say that I enjoyed it. I get that it might not have meant to have been enjoyed, that it might have been kind of meant to engineer a certain type of experience, a certain uneasy experience. If so, consider it engineered. Uh, but I will not be looking at this one uh again for a long time probably i'll be i'll be thinking about it though because it leaves scars on your brain um so yeah can i so so we're gonna go to scores i don't want to steal your thunder but but so we were having a conversation before we started this podcast and cameron said that he knew exactly when it came out of this yeah what score you were going to give it yeah and that has stayed consistent to to now yep can i guess that mm-hmm. okay something tells me just from our conversation i could be i could be completely wrong and if so we can just edit it out um <laughs> <laughs> but um would you give this a five no oh oh okay go on then uh you can just say <laughs> okay i am actually gonna give this believe it or not and you're gonna hit you might be surprised i'm gonna give this a seven Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The reason being is that you're so cultured and sophisticated. No, just no, like no, the... no, 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 no. <laughs> I actually have reasons. Like, consider, consider briefly, right? Okay. Just because I don't like the genre doesn't mean it's not a good film. The thing about it is the film is wacky and disturbing and violating and all that kind of stuff. But it's, that's exactly what it's meant to be. Mm. And I have to give it a seven because it is exactly what it's meant to be. Mm. It does its surrealist, its psychological, its thriller genre perfectly. The music is actually really good. The performances are strong just because the whole package is clinically disturbing and I felt and I still feel a bit violated that I watched it and a bit confused about what happened and what I saw and why you made me watch this film and review it in the first place. Mm. It did what it was meant to do really well. Just mm. be- And I, I feel like I have to get my seven just because I didn't like the film and I'm not a fan of the genre doesn't mean I can't appreciate its achievements in its, in its own right. Mm. And I walked out of the film going, that's a seven, straight up. Even though I, I can't, even though I think it's disturbing and it's just a bit creepy, it mm. did what exactly what it's meant to do. It did its genre so well. And, um, you know, I, we studied, I studied surrealism f- for part mm. of my film course at Elvon. So, like, I understand what it was doing. I don't, I don't like it. Mm. And, like, I probably won't ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. 
but it, it did what it was meant to do really really well and that's why it gets a seven like it gets a decent seven you know it's, it's a normal bus it, nothing fancy mm-hmm. it's just a bus that does its job it comes on time it gets you where you need to go um one that you would take every day going to school work or or other places um it's not a memorable seven but yeah a seven nonetheless I am truly shocked. I mean, look, uh, at the end of the day, this is the wonderful thing about films. They're subjective and uh, we will bring different experiences to the table and we will have a different experience watching films. And I fully respect, obviously, what you said and and your own view of it. I can agree to an extent in that, you know, it it was captivating. And like you say, it was true true to its genre, true to what it was trying to do. And there's something admirable in that. I personally... I'm flittering between a four and a five. Um, oh, okay. Pro- pro- yeah, probably a four, to be honest. I, that's incredibly low. That's exceedingly low uh, for me. Um, but I just I just didn't click with this film. Yes, to some extent, it was captivating. and And yes, it has kind of festered in my mind since watching it. But... I so for example I found Parasite disturbing and unnerving and so forth mm-hmm. but Parasite was just I just felt like it was so good and there were deeper messages there and and it had a certain heart to it almost even though it you know uh devolved into very interesting circumstances uh, whereas with this I I I just wasn't excited by it I wasn't I, you know, I can watch a film and I can, it doesn't have to have a happy ending. You know, I can watch a film very easily and, and be okay with with it being dark and difficult and so forth. But I then enjoy dissecting it and thinking about it, reading more about it, maybe re-watching it and, and thinking, what is special about this film? Why has it affected me in this way? Whereas the, with this film, I, I just don't feel that desire. I just... I just feel like it's it was it was just weird and gross and and um and there's something there there's something there it 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 does create a feeling and it does create an atmosphere that mm. is very unique and very um very difficult to be a part of and that's why I'm not giving it like a one but like as you know it gets some points on the board but equally, it's it's just not good enough for me, at least, to ascend any further than a five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna. In fact, you know, what? I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a five. Uh, but the bus, you know, the bus breaks down. <laughs> then the doors won't open. And then you're trapped in the bus with everyone in there, which happens to just be one person, you and the bus driver, and you slowly go insane. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, but um, but yeah, no, uh, not particularly high five for me. So there you have it, folks. That there is our review of the lighthouse. Uh, quite a, a big difference between our scores and some of our thoughts on this film. So. We'd be interested to know what you think. Are you a 
film connoisseur who is sophisticated enough to see the deeper meaning or do you think that it was just horrible and unnerving to the point of uh unnecessary <laughs> to the point of what would the word be anyway to, to an unnecessary point <laughs> um we would be interested to know what you think absolutely we would and yeah let us know do you have a listen even if I, I imagine this film might get some listens because you basically we watch the film so you don't have to uh, yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to watch the film or want to know what it was like listen to this as well thanks for listening you've made it this far that's all for me and that's all for me bye Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.